Welcome to Tears of a Clown, the podcast. I'm Liv, and we're on episode 17 today. And I'm going to tell you something that's just so crazy. I I love serendipity, and I love coincidences. I recorded over an hour ago an episode basically telling you all that I probably wasn't going to continue on with the podcast. Not totally getting rid of it, but... I have some news that I'll, I'll share with you all that was going to kind of be my next focus. Really wasn't feeling as motivated with recording and coming up with content. And a lot of that's due to the n- new season I've entered in my life, which, you know, we'll go in a little more detail on momentarily. And then I had someone message me back who I want to have on the podcast. And then I got like multiple messages from friends and, and other folks that were like, hey like where's the episode at I'm like fuck it's like anytime I doubt myself you guys come in and just show me that you value this and that just means so much to me and I'm so thankful so I think you know every other week two two times a month is manageable I I relinquish my need to do things (laughs) in a full throttle way and I'll just show up as I am and as I can when I record episodes for you all. I just never want it to get boring or redundant or not really something that piques your interest. I don't want to have a podcast that you know you came in and you're like damn this is good and then it turns into like well you know it was cool for a while I guess but now I don't really keep up on it. Like that is a bigger fear for me than I care to admit. So I am just gonna keep chugging along here and I just want to say thank you to everyone who has invested the time and energy and um, support into my podcast but more than anything I just want to say that it says a lot about you to listen to you know someone you care about talk for a while It, it, it says a lot about you as a person when you support people's art in general but especially it being someone you know. I've learned this as an artist with, you know, my books, podcasts, everything else, that sometimes it can be the strangers that are your greatest supporters and then the people closest to you uh, who really don't take interest. And I think it's because when you get to know someone, you're around someone a lot, you really maybe sometimes forget about the the wonder and the surprises that they have within them. And I've talked about that a lot on the podcast, but um Man, it's just life will always show you. It will always tell you exactly what it needs to tell you when it wants to. So today I had it on my heart to talk about forgiveness. That was originally what I wanted to discuss. And before we get into that, I I wanted to say that, you know, I mentioned my life's changed a bit and, and it has. It has it's calmed down a lot. Um, you know, when I started Tears of a Clown, I was heavy into like dating. I was on the apps. I was, you know, dealing with some wounds from, you know, someone I had loved and, and then, you know, old baggage from, you know, a relationship in earlier in my life and all these different things. And so I was walking through literally weekly with you what I was experiencing and how I was processing it. And it's been such a blessing to be able to do that and now my life has shifted to a much more quiet season so 
I go to therapy every other week. I spend a lot of time reading. I, you know, am working on the thing I'm about to tell you about. I swear I will tell you in just a second. Um, you know, work and spending time with my loved ones and my animals and continuing to like really get comfortable and make my home my own that I moved into a few months ago. And, you know, focusing on being consistent with my physical health and all these things that I've taken joy and and a lot of comfort in. And so now with that kind of lack of chaos and or movement, so to speak, I felt a little more dull on the outside. It's like, oh, like, you know, I was always the friend that comes up in the group and I like have a great story. And it's like, I really haven't had those lately. I mean, I could tell you all about like my theory on something. I just went into like a whole internal discussion with myself about something so stupid. I'm not even going to tell you guys. But I was like really going back and debating myself on this theory. I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, hold on. You know, I'm like, I don't really know how much of that will go well in group chats. Uh, <laughs> so, so here I am. But that doesn't mean I don't have things to give. So forgiveness has been something really big in my life as I've been continuing to grow and find more balance and overall just happiness and forgiveness a lot of the times is looked at as something that is um, a necessity and while I do agree that forgiveness is a necessity and the fact that you you don't really come to your full and true happiness until you are able to forgive and and let things go to a degree um, I also don't think it's part of this mechanical process that humans have to go through in order to be a better person right there's plenty of amazing people I know that still do not have forgiveness for certain people or certain events in their lives and it's completely understandable why they don't but I think the other side of forgiveness that we don't talk about a lot a lot about is truth and truth is something I've also been spending a lot of time pondering and truth <laughs> truth is non-negotiable and we you know people say a lot of times well you know there's several sides to a story right there's their side your side the truth whatever and what I found is our versions and our relationships to truth are relative to how it's going to benefit us. And when I say benefit us, that doesn't mean that there's some greater scheme or lie afoot. Um, what I mean is that your truth, so to speak, can be enabling you to do things that are bringing you comfort, right? And that's not all, always necessarily a bad thing. Coping is something that we have to learn as humans to do. We start when we're kids, right? Um, they talk a lot about, you know, the nature versus nurture nurture um debate and we all in different areas of our life learn to cope based on what we've experienced from the very start so i'm not shading or shaming any of these things and saying that they're wrong um but i do think it's important to take a, a big step back and look at the you know giant picture that is your life and i know that sounds really general and, and probably generic actually but taking a step back and looking at it and then sometimes looking at your relation to truth as it folds into forgiveness or non-forgiveness and what's that what that's enabling you to do as a person so a great example for me I'll just I'll just put myself on the spot I have dealt with a lot of unforgiveness towards someone in my life who um just caused a very very traumatic um thing that I experienced now 
there's several facets to this. Number one, you know, is that I have responsibility in, in part of that, you know, and that, that goes without saying I'm, I'm fine admitting that. But my lack of forgiveness has been based on the way that I've shaped the truth of what they've done, right? And while there is a reality where they did do something to me, um, I have looked at that truth as the only part of the truth, whereas there's a greater picture. And when I look at the greater picture, I'm realizing that I'm not accepting that full truth because I'm just not ready to forgive them. I'm just not. Why do I want to forgive someone that I feel, you know, X way about? And a lot of the times when we talk about forgiveness, we talk about what it looks like to forgive someone. So when I think about someone I'm forgiven, I, I feel a lot of indifference. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I wish them well. And, um, you know, I don't have any harsh judgments on them as a person. I understand circumstance. I understand time. I understand, you know, behaviors may have been impacted. I, I no longer carry this and take, take it personal. It's not, there's no more chains around my ankles. Like, I'm good. And I can look at that situation and understand the truth as a whole and how I also contributed to it. So when you get those feelings of not wishing someone well or, you know, having this really harsh depiction of their character or actions and, you know, anything that goes along with that theme, you know that there's not forgiveness there. Um, but it's I'm finding that instead of approaching things through, I really need to forgive this person. Like, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be, you know, angry. I don't want to be this person. In fact, looking at it in the sense of, I need to look at the truth of this situation. And and there's a lot of different stages to truth. So I understand that you're not going to get there right away. Trust me. Trust me. I get it. And I've said this in another episode, but I believe there's people you're going to have to wake up every day and forgive. Um, and just getting to that truth, like the truth is before the forgiveness, right? That's enabled me personally to be able to look at things in a more balanced way. And then it makes the forgiveness part a little easier. But you have to want to forgive. You have to feel ready to forgive. And you have to understand the value of forgiveness as a person, as it affects you on a day-to-day level. I think there's a lot of times where we have feelings towards people or events. And when it gets brought up, it's a sore spot, right? It's like pushing in on that wound when you fall off your bike. And you you remember those wounds you would get on your bike oh, they were the worst like in the gravel will get inside of them and it was like on your knees or like the pads of your hands so it was like anytime you move those things it just hurt and it's like the minute you stretch it it's like ow it was there right and I think about that a lot in terms of of unforgiveness and sometimes it's not as bad of a scratch but the, the bad ones the ones on the knees and the joints and whatever else those suck okay and they get brought up a lot um but sometimes starting with the smaller ones is a really great way to navigate your bigger ones. So when I thought about, you know, someone I had a lot of unforgiveness towards, I spent more time thinking about the little things that have irked me and the, and the judgments I've had against people and the angry feelings and, and resentments and, and just anything you can imagine. And I started to see a lot of common themes about what I believe to be the truth of those situations. And... That enabled me to start to understand that there were certain characteristics and certain actions that tend to immediately put me in like a spin hole to where it's just, you're not going to be forgiven because I've, I have this association with you. But when I was able to differentiate each circumstance, I found truth somewhere within each one. And I was like, wait a second. Okay. Okay. 
So this doesn't actually aid to a greater conspiracy. And something that always disheartens me is, you know, jokes aside, right? Like we joke, you know, no matter who you are, you'll, you might joke about like, oh, you know, so-and-so, like you're dealing with a man maybe. And you're like, men, you know, men do this. Um, and playfulness aside, I think that when we jump into some of these greater generalizations, it's, it's well warranted a lot of the times because people have those wounds, like I talked about, and a lot of pain there. Um, that hasn't been exercised out, that hasn't healed, that hasn't been rolled out, so to speak. So those items just start toppling one another. And then it turns into this greater generalization. And then what we become is this shell of like unforgiveness, like this impenetrable force. And we've got our exceptions, right? We've got our safe people. We've got our safe um, experiences and things that we'll, we'll navigate. But otherwise, it's like, no we have these hard stops. And so where I've started to take responsibility in terms of unforgiveness, and I, I don't, there's no need to go super deep with like really traumatic events or anything, is something I've learned about myself is when I get hurt by someone, I, my mom calls me the terminator. I terminate, okay? I'm gonna, and it's not to be, I'm not trying to be petty or I'm not trying to get a one up. I remove you from my life in every way possible. Your number is deleted. Any memories I have with you are deleted. Photos, um, shared items, gifts, clothing. I don't care what it is. Friend, coworker, um, you know, relationship, family member, doesn't matter. I remove everything. And I put you in that category of no. No. Like, that's just a no for me. So I've done this prematurely a lot where I've already decided I'm not going to forgive this person for what they've done. And the reason why I do that is because I feel so stupid. Now I'm going to go back here. I remember my first therapist told me, stupid is not an emotion, Liv. Come on, what do, what do you actually feel? And I'm like, I feel stupid. Okay, so what does stupid mean? Okay, I guess I feel less worthy, less than, less than worthy. I, I feel underappreciated. I feel like the joke's on me. I feel like a fool, you know? And you start going through these feelings. And what I realized was when these triggers would jump off where I'd notice that someone was, I felt, doing something to embarrass me or hurt me, I just would jump straight for the gun. I'd be like, no way, no way, not, not, <laughs> not me first. Like, you're going first. And in some instances, that protected me. It was a survival tactic, but in other ways, it's kind of brought me more agony because then I end up feeling kind of stupid. Like I end up thinking to myself, shit, man, I kind of jumped the gun on that. Like maybe I shouldn't have taken that so personally. And maybe I shouldn't have just already bucketized this person this way. And sometimes it's not outward actions. Like you might be like, well, that's a little extreme. I don't do that. Sometimes it's not outward actions. Sometimes it's just internally. And by the way, your internal dialogue and your external like movements, if they're this, if they, whether you do one or the other, if they match, they match. So just because you don't go and jump the gun with the actual action of pressing the delete contact button, like feeling that way and behaving as if you've done that is, is just the same thing, right? So I've spent more time trying to analyze that and trying to understand it so I can become a more childlike version of myself. Because when I think about how a child reacts to these kind of things, I think about, you know, children will get their feelings hurt then they will 
a lot of times demand an apology, right? You know, like so-and-so pushed me down or you hear kids take each other's toys and it's like, well, so-and-so took my toy. Okay, let's get it back or hey, you know, and then it's sorry, right? And then it's like, there's a little time, then they go back to playing. Um, they have like a very short um, attention span when it comes to making mistakes and faults, right? And that's not to say they're not intelligent creatures because they are. Um, and it's like, yeah, Liv, we probably shouldn't think like kids because we're adults. Hear me out. Like, hear, hear my heart here. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, if I can go back to more of that, and I can go back to understanding the human nature and the, and the circumstance and the environment and the things that lead a person to do certain things, then I can, in turn, not even have to go through the phase of unforgiveness. I can go straight to the forgiveness and that makes my life a hell of a lot easier. And by the way, forgiving someone, someone's terrible to you, does not mean they get to continue to abuse you, okay? You can forgive someone and no longer have someone in your life. You can forgive someone and be like, I do not agree with this person's ethics, this person's morals, this person's judgments, this person's actions. And you can still do all those things. Forgiving someone does not make them a, a better person. It does not put them in a place where they're suddenly not accountable for their actions. It is for you. And I think that the more we're able to skip to that phase of like a, all right, I got my apology and I'm going to, I'm going to go from here now. I'm going to figure out how I want to go from here. We're just going to have so much less baggage and so much less pain that we experience every day. Can you like think about when you wake up in the morning and you think about what people have hurt you. And as we're getting older, like, I, a lot of my listener base is around my age. So like late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, you know, maybe even early 20s um, and, you know, to up to, you know, early 50s. So imagine as those years pass, you get more and more and more of those things that you're carrying around. I, I got to tell you, we've got to we've got to hack the system somehow because it's not fucking sustainable. It is not sustainable to have these experiences and 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 go through life as it's intended to go and to continue to collect these trophies of resentment like that that doesn't sound like a fulfilling life to me and I don't does it sound like one to you again sure it doesn't sound like one to me now the next thing I hear a lot when I talk about forgiveness especially with friends that come to me for advice is okay I've forgiven them now what I don't feel any better yeah 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 and you know what? Good for you for being so human to be able to say that. You don't forgive someone and then a giant rainbow appears out of nowhere and everything's cleared and, and is forgotten, right? And I think especially if you're you're coming from a religious background, for me, and what I grew up with was forgiveness was not an option. It was like, you have to forgive, right? And I'm like, I don't feel any better. Like I'd say it and I'd be like, okay, I don't want to beat this person up anymore. But like, I didn't immediately feel better. Forgiveness is a long-term effect. So think about some of the things that we do for our physical health in our day-to-day -day life where we don't see it immediately. But then there's a long-term effect for doing that. So for, for some of you guys, right, like abstaining from smoking or drinking or anything else that, you know, soda, etc., you might not in the very moment that doesn't feel really great it's like no I'd actually like to probably have a drink or have a cigarette or have like you know six donuts okay but then after the fact when you're when you're seeing the results later it's like whoa damn I'm not carrying this shit around with me and I think that's the way it works so there's not a you know immediate reward 
unless you train yourself to reward yourself for forgiveness. So this is another thing that works really well for me. I am a reward-based person. So the way I like to do things is I set a goal for myself, then I reward myself. So I once had a friend tell me like, you're always celebrating something. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Because for me, it's like I, I set all these milestones and all these goals. I, I talked to you guys. I have a goal coach. And those celebrations and those things of looking forward to meet those benchmarks are what keep me going. So for me, when I go through a, a true process of forgiveness, which takes a lot of time, I just just did this with something that was like years old and decrepit. Like it was not good. Okay. It was ugly in there. I rewarded myself. Like I was like, wow, you, you did this. Like you got through this and I, you, I feel so much better. And sure. I'm, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have negative thoughts about that person at some point again, or if they get brought up, I might not want to be like, you know, oh, well, let me tell you, <laughs> like, that's okay. You're not suddenly a saint because you forgave someone. You're just, giving yourself the absolute relief of not carrying that shit around anymore. And so you might, you know, ask like, what happens if I don't want to forgive? Like, what happens if I just don't want to do that? And that's, that doesn't align with what I want. Like, I want to be able to talk about this person or this event and be pissed off and hate it and say, I'm never going to forgive them. Like, I, that's in my power and I'm choosing to exercise that. I'm going to tell you something else. I didn't come here to tell you about forgiveness, to tell you that I've forgiven everyone in my life. And in fact, I still have one thing that I don't know I'll ever be able to forgive. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I ever will. I, I think, try to wrap my head around it and I instantly get enraged. Like, I just don't know that I can do that. But I think that the awareness of that in itself is healthier than justifying it. I think that being able to go, yeah, I got a lot, a fucking lot here. And being able to sit with that and spend time with it and express it to, you know, someone you trust or, you know, a confidant, a um, <clears throat> counselor, any a mentor, anyone, anyone else, being able to sit with that and kind of normalize it over time, I just think it makes it a little less painful. I think it's actually a little less painful to say, I don't think I ever can forgive this. And that's kind of where I stand. I think we're, when the resentment and anger comes in, a lot of times it's a necessary part of processing. But when we just stuff it in the back, like I talked about in the beginning of the episode, and we just kind of leave it there, and it's like, it's, and it's, our, pile, it's in our pile of shit. It's in our pile of, here's, my, here's the truth, here's my truth, and here's what's wrong, and I'm putting it there, and I'm justified. I think that affects so much of what we do. And, you know, I've, I've had someone tell me, well, I'm not going to forget what's happened to me. Like, that's what's made for a lot of the person I am now. And I'm like, don't, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Like, do not forget what has taken you to where you're at now and how you've made it to this point. And also, you are allowed to carry those things with you in the places where you feel they need to be carried. Sometimes, again, it's necessary for protection or wisdom or whatever, you know, you may look at it as. What I'm just trying to say is don't let it hinder you. Don't let it break you down and and put you in the fucking grave before you're in there. That's all I'm trying to say. Because at the end of the day, you can you can get frustrated and angry with this point I'm trying to make and say, you know, you're skipping the process or, you know, not everybody's there or whatever else, which I hear you. I'm I'm telling you right now, I'm still in one of the very early processes of these things. But I'm also saying to you, Truth is uncomfortable. Truth is not fun. Truth is also non-optional. 
So whether you're willing to accept it now or later, there is a truth that you know that lingers in your life in which it is hindering you from treating it as if it's optional. That's all I'm saying. So I think one of the keys to a better quality of life is sure, do I drink water out of my hydro flask and do I go on my damn Peloton? And, you know, are there also things I don't do that are that healthy? I don't even want to tell you how much wine I drink, okay? I drink a lot of wine, right? And I don't know what it is with me and cheese. I don't know what it is. It's a torrid love affair. I do a lot of that, right? Like there's so many things that I do. And I think there's these big leaps and bounds that people talk about for you to be well. Like add this to your routine and say this and do this and and everything else. And some of those things work really well for others. I know for me, when someone started talking to me about affirmations for the first time that I talked, you know, in, in treatment about it, then, you know, with therapy and then I talked to friends and I and I'm sitting there and I'm like, everybody's telling me to do this and it doesn't fucking make me feel better. It's not doing anything for me. It it doesn't, it doesn't translate to me. That's all I'm trying to do here when I'm talking about forgiveness and truth is if you've tried other ways and they haven't helped you, maybe this will because it's helping me just talking about it. Everything I talk to you guys about, it helps me just a little bit. And I hope even if you have a mic in front of your face or not, that you can try to exercise this and, and feel it out and, and see how that looks for you. Now, the last thing I want to, you know, mention with forgiveness is that a necessary part of forgiveness is just healing in general and support. So it is so crucial. I know right now with our careers and inflation and um, all like life has never been more overwhelming, statistically proven, like life has never been more isolating and overwhelming. It's easy to say, go talk to someone, get help, you know, do this, do that. Um, and some people don't have those options. So all I'm saying is allow yourself to be heard, allow yourself to be heard in a, in a gentle and, and safe space where you can express yourself fully, where someone can just receive. And it's obviously really important that if you are going to, you know, be heard that you make sure the person on the other end is ready to receive that. Um, but sometimes just being heard just makes you feel better. And it's validating to know that when you're, letting something out of your mouth that, you know, it's real and it happened. And sometimes that's all you need to do. And another bit of advice I have for healing and and processing is if you spend a lot of your time, like thinking over and over again about something that you, that has happened to you or that you felt like, and you're just in your head doing that, there's a very high likelihood you're not (laughs) making that up. Um, So whenever you start to kind of invalidate what that looks like for you, just remember that like you're you're suffering and, and, and agony alone is like, that's not proving anything to anyone. So try to just be a little more understanding towards yourself. Like if you're really struggling with something internally, like that, 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 that warrants it being a struggle. And always, always try and focus back on the you. The you part of things is so important. And I, this is what I hear the most when I'm trying to give advice and it's tough. And I've talked to my therapist about this. I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I know that. Okay. I always tell him, I'm like, Joe, I'm not a therapist. I know that. And he's like, yeah, no shit. You're here with me. But you know, I am, I am a mentor and I am a counselor. And I I constantly say, why does everybody want to make everything about everyone else when they're talking to me? He's like, well, tell me what you mean. And I'm like, well, someone will come to me and say, I just don't understand why they do this. And then, and they'll try to psychoanalyze people. And I'm like, stop, this is so obviously starts with you. And he's like, well, don't we all do that? 
right? Like, don't we all want to control what we can't control? Don't we all want to understand what we don't understand? And more than anything, don't we all want to find logic, reason, and justice in the things in life that hurt us? We want to understand why, why, why. And sometimes even the surface why or the below the surface why is still not enough. And so, you know, that kind of shut me up a little bit. And I'm like, all right, that's fair. But what, you know, in conclusion, when we had that conversation, which, which by the way, can I just tell you, we were using the U2, you know, the album that U2 put on everybody's phones that like nobody asked for. Like it was just, we were all crimed. It was a crime against humanity. Okay. Um, <laughs> they put the damn album on and it's like, you just have the U2 album. We were using this as an example for like, you know, a, like a trauma or an unforgiveness, whatever. And so I found that quite entertaining, but you know, I think going back to you, it's okay to have those questions and feelings, but going back to you is important. How am I feeling right now? Where has this left me? What are the actions and behaviors I see coming from myself after this? When I think about this, what, what impulses overtake me? Or, you know, are my responses, you know, am I in flight? Am I in fight? Am I fawning? Like, those are things I would definitely, you know, um, encourage you look up. So um, I also missed one. It's freeze flight, fawn, or fight. So those are all really important responses that you can just research and learn more about. Once you realize what you tend to do in areas of trauma in your life, it helps you a lot. Um, but just trying to take it back to you is so important because when you, when you aren't with you, it, like I said, it just starts bottling up in the closet. And I'm here to tell you because man, I was, (laughs) I had a lot of a lot of dusty, dirty bottles in the closet. And man, when you open that door and they all crash down, it's not fun to clean up. So those are my thoughts on forgiveness. And I hope, and please reach out to me if this has been helpful to you at all. I always, you know, want to somehow introduce something that I think could be really helpful to others um, as you're going through, you know, your process of healing. On a last note, I don't think that I've ever mentioned this book before on the podcast. Um, and if I have, I apologize. But a book that really helped me specifically <clears throat> with forgiveness was 11 Minutes by Puello Coelho, who is one of my favorite authors in the entire world, if not my favorite author. He also wrote um, Alchemist, if you haven't read that. He also wrote Adultery, which is a great book. Like every one of his books is incredible. But that book specifically brought me such a peace and understanding um, in terms of a lot of the pain that I've been through. And yes, more of it was um, linked to, you know, romantic experiences that I've had. But nonetheless, it was such a healing book. And in fact, I think I'm going to take it out of my bookshelf this week again and read it because it's that good. Like that's one of those books I'd put on my like if I was if I was in my last days of my life and I'd ask anyone in my life to do something, I'd have a list of books and there would be like a top 10 books. That one would be in there. Okay, come on. Of course, I'm going to give you a story time. I, I just see your little faces right now and your your hands outstretched just waiting for your story time. I'll do it. I will oblige. Uh, and it's so funny, even as like I'm recording this, I'm smiling and I was like in an anxious kind of like not prepared at all mood earlier, like thinking again, starting this podcast episode, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And then of course get reeled back in. Uh, so this is the story of the impulsive deletion.
I met a guy and it started just as when you hit it off with anybody, right? We started talking and the texts were going constantly. And I really liked the fact that he was incredibly intelligent and very driven when it came to his education. He seemed pretty unapologetic about who he was and confident about who he was. And he had like a really like kind of intense sense of humor that was almost like slicey and dicey. So it's not for everyone, but I loved it because it constantly left me wanting more. So when it came down to us setting our first date, I was being a little squirrely the day of because I think I was just overthinking how I looked and everything else. And uh, I just really wasn't sure. I was like, ah, should I do this? Should I not do it? Nonetheless, I ended up going on the date with him. And and thankfully, he was patient and let me like move around the location. I don't even know how many times, which is just something I do when I'm, I'm, you know, in my head. I can tend to be very, I'm either extremely decisive or I'll have the rare moments where I'm very indecisive and it's insufferable. So we went on the date and had a great time and I was really enjoying myself. I just kind of felt like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. So we continue talking after our date and we had plans to go to a baseball game and so I was super excited I got tickets for my work and I went and bought like a new outfit and I was like excited because I was thinking to myself like I, I'm I'm hoping I'm gonna date this person I'm, I'm definitely interested I'm definitely into them so it rolls around for the day that we're supposed to go on the baseball game date and he's like okay so you know i have a dinner for work then i'm gonna come over after we'll we'll go i'm like perfect my house is right by the you know the stadium so we could just go straight to the game and so he's checking in throughout the day and at one point like He's like, man, this is like, this is lagging on. Like, I'm, I'm dead right now. And I'm like, oh, you know. And then I get a little twinge of anxiety. Like, is this you basically starting to like hint towards the fact that you don't really want to go to the game tonight? But I had put so much into this game. Like, I'd gotten stacks that at my house that I knew he liked. And, you know, I was, I looked all cute. And I just was like, we hit, this game has to happen. Like, everything was riding on us going to the fucking local baseball game. Okay, go figure. Live. Come on. Neuroses. Well, needless to say, like an hour before the game, he's like, listen, this dinner is still running on. I can't just leave. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it. And when he tells me that, he really doesn't sound like particularly sorry or empathetic. It's just kind of like, yeah, sorry. Like, you know, eh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Sheesh, you know, I'm, I'm in this situation. Like, it really wasn't acknowledging the fact that, like, essentially he was flaking on me an hour before this game. So... I was not happy um, and immediately went into unforgiveness mode. I immediately went into Terminator. I'm like, cool. Nope, not you. You're not going to waste my damn time. You're not going to do this to me, right? And so (laughs) the next, I think two days later or something, our next day, I sent him this like message and I'm basically like, listen, it really disappointed me that you canceled on the date and just didn't even seem to like apologize and then also didn't try to reschedule something after I found that like really inconsiderate and it hurt my feelings and like I just wanted to let you know that delete him off social media delete his phone number okay (laughs) like a day or so later I get this text message and it's like hey I'm so sorry for the delay like 
you know, starting with this new company has been like crazy and I am just putting my all into this. He had just graduated like more recently from a really long program at his college. So, you know, I was like very invested in his career, very technical career. And he's like, I didn't mean that at all. And I, you know, I totally had intention for taking you out again and like, et cetera. Like he said everything. <laughs> Me, I'm in full on forgiveness mode at this point. I'm like, who is this again? Like, I don't, I don't know who this is, you know? And I'm just being a little f- fucker. Like, truly. I knew, like, at first I was kind of like, oh, wait a second. But then I was like, oh, it's him for sure. And he's like, you literally just texted me the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, then it, it, that makes even more sense. Your number's deleted because, like, you obviously hurt my feelings. So, whatever. And so I felt so proud of myself. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to let this person step all over me and he doesn't deserve my forgiveness and whatever else. And I think, you know, this is where you're like, I confuse like the boundaries and like the, you know, I've, I've talked, you guys go back to the episode if you haven't listened to the episode about expectations versus standards. Um, I let expectations get the better half and I, I guise them as standards. And that I, I was at fault here, okay? Very immature thing to do just in general. So, and especially when you like someone, if it's like somebody puts you off and you're just like, nope, no, thank you. Like I was playing a game and that's stupid. Don't do that. Like we're adults. And it was, it was, it was not wise of me. So I was feeling real proud of myself. Then a couple of days later, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I miss talking to him. And then I'm like, oh, I made a mistake. So a couple weeks later, I like, I don't know what I did. I think I reached out or something. And this guy just did not, like, not want anything to do with me. Like, he did not respond to me. Like, he left me on, like, delivered once. And then I tried again. And he left me on red. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay, he doesn't want anything to do with me. So I just kind of, like, put my tail between my legs. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, we're just not going to talk. I don't know. This was last, a little, like, a little over a year ago. Like, the beginning of last year's summer. So somehow over time now a year later we you know ended up talking like we have some of the same music taste and like you know he had posted something and then we start joking I think it was around the time that like Drake's new album came out or something and I just remember how cool he was and how I kind of cared about what he thought and how I liked you know spending time with him and I'm like damn I kind of fumbled this one so (laughs) needless to say we fast forward now we finally got a chance to see each other in person and talk and he's like yeah you know like us not talking anymore was 100% because of you and I'm like I'm like trying to make excuses and then I was like yes I know I know like I and I thought about this this is such it was such a small act of unforgiveness but that like impulsive like idea of truth that I had set and the truth was that this person was disrespectful and this person you know didn't care about my feelings like I had set all these truths into play and they put me in this defensive mode of of unforgiveness and like I just like lost a potentially really cool person in my life and that was dumb and stupid now with the story time like thank god we ended up crossing paths again because he is someone that I care about and want well for and enjoy spending time with like period really and even if it was that we went our separate ways and and didn't talk again I would much rather be on this page with him than anything else this is such a small action but it truly just is so relevant to what's going on and like we just had this conversation like we just saw each other and had this conversation so I'm like damn dude this is crazy that now like all of this is coming full circle so I've set a new rule for myself 
I tend to, when somebody doesn't get back to me or I feel they aren't matching the effort, yes. Will I stop reaching out? Will I stop making effort? Absolutely. Um, do I need to, like, especially if I still have, like, kind feelings towards them, do I need to delete their number and unfriend them on social media? Probably not, okay? Do I need to pretend like they never existed? I think that's a bit of an extremity. I think that is a wound causing other wounds, okay? I, so we're gonna avoid doing that. Now, here's my advice for all of you. If they're fucking lame, delete them. Don't ever talk to them again. It's totally fine. Now, I hope and wish that this episode will bring you another tactic, another approach to life in growing just your general well-being emotionally and mentally and um, something that you can put in your spiritual arsenal guide no matter what your personal beliefs are that you can come back and it's about you really. It's just about you. It's just about you feeling good. It's just about you being happy and I also hope my story like as silly as it is can you know help you use that critical thinking and sometimes when you're in that emotional fight or flight and again you're not bad or wrong for having wounds that make you react to things in a certain way. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can be the most optimal version of yourself when you can look at those things and know you do those things and have accountability for them and have a healthy relationship with truth. Because once you get there, like I'm telling you, you'll skate past the unforgiveness part. You won't even have to go through the displeasure of experiencing that. So, I will be talking to you all real soon. Feel free, please message me with, uh, you know, content that you want me to cover. And last but not least, I know you all remember from the beginning of the episode, I can only tell you so much. I am creating an app and I think this app is going to change the fucking game when it comes to sex. And I'm so excited. I'm so passionate about sexual education, sex positivity. Um, it's one of my greatest passions in the world. Like I, I've since the dawn of time, like have wanted to be a sex therapist. I just didn't want to go to school for it. Uh, so I didn't, like I've told you guys, I dropped out of college, made it to community college. And then I was like, peace out. But man, those human sexuality courses I took just changed me as a person. So I am very excited to work on it more. I will be pitching it to my mentors um, this next week. And then hopefully from there, starting to look into um, any tweaks and changes and feedback I want to get from them and other close counsel then I'll start looking into development and creation and more to come from there. So I'm really, really excited about it. And I thank you in advance for any support you show um, as I do this. I am so blessed to have an incredible career and a very, very good life, very good quality of life. And, you know, my big thing is um, it's really never enough for me. And it's, it's really not about growing wealth or status. It's a lot more about the fact that I just like don't ever, I don't want my parents to have to pay another bill. I don't want, you know, I want everyone that I love around me to live with as much comfort as possible, obviously starting with my parents. And so like this app is going to get me closer to that. And this app is also going to make people's lives better. And that's just what I care about. So that's the only sneak peek you get, okay? So I can't wait to talk to you all soon. This is Liv with Tears of a Clown, the podcast, and we'll be chatting really, really soon.